No, that's good. Keep listening to this podcast. Whatever you do out there, whoever you are in Mariner's land, keep listening to this podcast. You don't have to be loyal to a single podcast. Just keep this podcast in your rotation. You know, you can find me on Twitter at Prospect Insider. Baseball Things is the podcast, but keep listening to this podcast. Keep it in your rotation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mariner's Mojo, the heartbeat of baseball podcast brought to you by two lifelong Mariner's fans talking all things Seattle Mariner's. How's it going, Alex? Better. Today was better. Is that because Jonah Heim <laughs> was not in the lineup? Yes. He was not here. That guy. Like, I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't. There's some people I dislike and there's some people I strongly dislike. He's up there now. He's top of that list. What were you saying? How many home runs does he have in his career? Eight. One quarter of his career home runs are walk-offs against the Mariners. That's awful. Probably all his home runs against the Mariners. Probably. Just that guy. He's going to be that guy. Just constantly hitting them against the Mariners. But you know what he made me want to do? I can get to it. Ah, there it is. That's right. Oh, these are... Yeah, I couldn't get to it right away. I was like, They're what's stiff. going on here? Yeah. Uh, so, like the first night he does it, whatever, walk-offs happen. The second game, when they're starting to come back, and it's tied up at three. Yeah, after a home run. Yeah, and then he comes up to the plate. What kind of chances were you giving him on doing it again? I was like, oh, no, no, he's already got one walk-off. He ain't doing it again. He'll probably strike out or pop up. <laughs> and I was, thinking, I was sitting there, it's like, no, like, this is a very Mariners thing, but the Mariners haven't been that Mariners team this year. The things you always think are going to happen don't happen. Yeah. Like, ah, you think you have this figured out. <laughs> Boom. Home run. It's like, well, of course they did. It's That's what they do to losing record teams. If they could play bad teams like they play good teams, I think they're showing the, what would it be, uh, eight... Eight teams in the playoff race, right? Eight or nine in the American League playoff race? Yeah, I think so. Seven or eight. That the Mariners have the second or third best record against teams above 500? <laughs> I just looked it up. Half of his home runs against the Mariners in that series. Seriously? He had like a Jake Fraley series against the Mariners. Or he just went off. Yep, home run in the first game. Two in the next one, and then one in the last one. What a jerk. I don't like that guy at all. He probably loves the Mariners. He's like, I want to play them every game. Oh, man. So, I'm going off... (laughs) Sorry, I jumped on you. I'm going off schedule already, because... So, Swanson's the one who gave up those home runs. Yes. Did you see what happened? The people online were sending his wife messages about... They want to kill her and their kids or some well, crazy stuff like not that? Not even the first time that's happened to a Mariner. Yeah, it was a couple weeks Yeah, ago, with Marco. Right? Yeah. When he came back after having a baby. Yeah. His wife having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you can, like, we're making fun about not liking Haim. Obviously, it doesn't affect us very much. It's like, we love baseball, but it's a game. Yeah. I understand it's those guys' job or whatever, so someone has to win. Yeah, they're all trying to win. But could you imagine, like, slightly messing up at your job? Or messing up at your job? Not awful. And then someone comes up to you and it's like, I hope your wife dies. That's never okay to say. <laughs> no. And that's not something anyone would probably say to your face ever. No, that's... Full-on internet muscles. It's like... That's why... I don't know. There should be more responsibility and stuff like that online, but it's never going to happen. But our best to Eric Swanson and his family, because, you know, he's been spectacular otherwise, and people... I think he's given up one run other than... Yeah, he's... I think he's given up more runs in that game than the rest of the season, right? I think so. I thought he only given up one run. Isn't his ERA still like a half? Uh, it's it's one eight six. Oh, okay, never mind. He hasn't pitched a lot of games because he got hurt. Yeah. Oh, maybe four, it was four earned runs. Yeah, it was a half before that game. Yeah. All home runs. 
Really? Well, three home runs, and but there was a two-run shot. So, jeez, that's crazy. As long as he doesn't give up a home run, he's good. He's good. So it's like Kikuchi. Just don't give up the home runs, and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So talking about home runs, it's trivia time. I asked it last week, but I good had segue. another one. Good yeah. segue. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So, Hanniger has been crushing the ball this year. I think he's at 25, 26 home runs. Uh, 25? So it is. So, mid-20s. He's about on pace for 40 home runs. Alex, can you name the last two Mariners to hit 40 or more home runs in a season? Griffey. No. <laughs> um, Cruz? Yep. And I'm going to give you a hint here. It's like I the the say... last two Mariners to hit 40 or more, not the last two times it's happened, because it would have been Cruz and Cruz. I, was like, I think he's in a couple. Yeah. I want to say Cano, but I don't think he made it to 40. Did he? He did not. Is it Richie Sexton? No, that would have been awesome, though. I was like, I don't How many did Richie Sexton have in a season for the Mariners? I think he had 44. For the Mariners? I don't think he ever had over 40 for the Mariners. He had 45 in Milwaukee twice. He had 39 for the Mariners in 2005. So he was close. He got MVP votes that year. Well, yeah, you have 39 home runs. But they, but he was terrible. 39 homers, 121 RBI, 99 runs, and a 370 on base. But he was terrible. It was a terrible signing. Well, he struck out 167 times. Yeah, that's so. what he does. So. I know. Well, don't want to get to that. Yeah. He hit 244 with the Mariners for his career. Back then, not good. Now, please. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, I... Would you like to think about it for a while, sir? Yeah. I feel like it's been a while. Or I'm missing someone. Uh, it's your first inclination. I want to say Brett Boone. Is it that far back? Keep going. It's further back. Did Boone have 40? Nope. I don't think so. I thought 2001 or 2. Uh, when I was looking at... Oh, no, it's not going to pop up. Oh, there we go. I don't know. When I was looking at it, I did not see him on there. Nope. He had 35 in 2003. He had 37 in 2001. Hmm. I think in 2001 he had that super hot start because he was in the home run derby. But no, he did not. But he led the league in RBI that season with 141. So then is it... And within... Oh, sorry. So then is it A-Rod? Ding, ding, ding. A-Rod. So then Griffey, then Buhner? Oh, it was like A-Rod, A-Rod, Griffey, 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 A-Rod, Buhner. Yeah, it was just happened a whole bunch. It's happened... It's happened once, like one player in the last 20 years. And the Mariners had it happen like eight times in four years. They had it happen the same season. Yeah, probably multiple times. Well, uh, I think it was 97 that I read somewhere. Griffey had like 50-something and Buehner had like 40. They, had, they might have had three guys because it's 98, 42, 42, 41. <laughs> three years for, um, for A-Rod. I don't know if I can find the... Okay, here we go. I can find it again. Mariners top 50 single season batting home runs. Let's see here. Uh, in 96, Griffey and Buhner. Uh, I don't ever see more than two in a season. Oh, wait, no. 97, I think it was. No, the Mariners just had two in 97, two in 96. Two and ninety-eight, and two and ninety-nine. Yeah, they just kept having two each season. <laughs> so they had, they had four straight years of two guys with forty plus, and then for the rest of their history, they've had that happen six times. Forty plus. <laughs> it's only happened fourteen times in the history of the Mariners. Like I said, forty home runs. That's weird, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I would have thought that would have happened more, but 
No, they just got upper 30s a lot. Yeah, there's three 39s, three 37s, 36, 35. So there's still only 22 occurrences of 35 or more. <laughs> Here you go. How many guys have hit 30 or how many times 30 or more homers? Real quick. Pick a number. 32. 30. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> 32 after this year. 32. Oh, Seeger? Seeger. Seeger going to get there? What's he at right now? Like 19? No, he's at 20. Is he really? Two. 22. Oh, he's definitely going to get there. Seeker's a monster. I knew he hit 20 because he had 29 seasons. Oh, that's right. You were talking about that. Yeah, that was last week. Is Seeker going to set a career high for home runs? His career high is 30. Yeah. So he needs nine more home runs in 55 games. I think so. I think he'll get there. He'll go quiet for a while and be like, man, I don't know if he's going to get there. Like, he's hit one home run in 19 games, and he's going to go four straight games and be like, oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like uh, that new guy, Toro. Toro's been awesome. <laughs> but he had two home runs before he got to the Mariners? Yeah. In that hit, series? Yeah, he had two <laughs> home runs, got traded, hit two more home runs. Yeah. Uh, first guy in history to hit a home run against the team, get traded to that team, and then hit a home run against your old team in back-to-back days. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to the radio, and they were saying that one time a uh, player got a hit. They played like in the morning, got a hit, got traded, went to another team, and then got a hit the same day. I don't know if it was the same thing, but I think it was a Cleveland game a long time ago. They were playing in like a doubleheader, and he got traded in between games. So we played for both teams in the same stadium, <laughs> which is crazy. That is crazy. Uh, the weird things that happen in baseball. It's true. You know what is kind of weird that happens in baseball sometimes? Grand slams. You know what got us a new Mariners fan for the Mariners club? A walk? A grand slam. Oh, grand slam. Thanks to Dylan Moore. Uh, Jared Carabas. You know, one of the most influential, important baseball guys out there. Jealous of his TV room. You'll hear about it. Oh, man. So he works for Barstool. He's got a Red Sox podcast, a Barstool podcast. He does a podcast with Big Poppy. You know Big Poppy. That's all I can ever think of. (laughs) He's got two of the best commercials ever. That you know Big Poppy. Yeah. And then the one where he's sitting in the Sports Center office with... I think it might be Posada. I can't remember who it is with the Yankees. And he takes the hat and he's like, no, you got to like break it in. He puts it on his head and the Red Sox mascot walks up, shakes his head. He's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Uh, Back when SportsCenter commercials were good. I thought I had a good setup in here. Oh, yeah. Uh, You're only about, what, 400 inches of TV short. (laughs) But you guys. on. I got wall space. It's true, you do. Well, yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you cool. guys will find out just how many TVs he does have and a little bit more about Jared Carabas and his newfound love for the Mariners here. All right, so we are joined by Jared Carabas of Barstool Sports, Starting Nine, Section 10, and any other podcast with a number on it you can think of. How's it going, man? How are you guys? Oh, we're doing good. So, a few weeks ago, hanging out on Twitter and see that this guy is uh, looking for a Mariners fan in his life. Like, oh, sweet. Oh, wait, this, this guy's uh, pretty famous. And that's kind of how we started talking. So Jared Curtis, he's the newest Mariners fan. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I forget. It was like a weeknight, right? It was, what, like a Wednesday or something or a Tuesday? And that Mariners game was the last game on. And I had been watching it anyway. I mean, I don't know if you know what my setup looks like here, but not to brag, I've got uh, nine TVs on my wall. So I pretty much watch every single game every night. And uh, the Mariners were playing. And, you know, I'll tune into any Astros game too. I mean, I'll watch any game that has notable players on it. And, uh, you know, they start counting this comeback, and I was like, no, like, there's there's no way. Like, the Astros are a wagon, and, 
you know, the Mariners are kind of, they're floating along. Like they've got some exciting players, but like, there's no way the Astros blow this. And it, I can't even explain the, even as just like, I mean, I'm obviously a Red Sox fan, but watching that game, you know, I feel like it's like the NFL football is like any football fan can sit down and watch two random teams play. And I feel like a lot of baseball fans, they find it difficult to sit down and watch two teams that aren't one of their own. I don't have that problem. I mean, I can, I can find any game to watch because there's a player on either side that's worth tuning in for. And, uh, and then in a situation like this, where you've got a team creeping back up and they're obviously the underdog in that situation, it's a divisional rival and, you know, you're cut, you're rooting for the comeback. And obviously the Mariners are at home. Fans are back. And once you get Dylan Moore bases loaded in the eighth inning, you're like, it'd be awesome if, if Dylan Moore hit a grand slam here, but like, what are the odds of that? And I've always said this. I don't think baseball broadcasters truly understand the, responsibility that they have to like if you have an electric call it makes that social media clip that much more viral if you just absolutely nail the call and the Mariners broadcast nailed that call in addition to it just being an awesome moment to cap off a comeback with a grand slam so after that moment i i was totally in i was uh i was like let's go mariners that's that's our Mariners. that's that's america's team right there and it's funny you talk about the announcers because the mariners have been bad forever pretty much but we've always had good announcers like you can watch the games and they'll get excited when the visitors do stuff like they're baseball fans who are announcing yeah. the mariners game Right. And yeah, that call where he just starts screaming, it's hammered. And yeah. You can tell that's just unbridled joy at something happening. Exactly. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really cool. And I think, you know, baseball needs more of that. I mean, not to, I mean, I'm not going to call out any broadcasters or whatever, but um, I, I guess I can call out for like a positive. It would be the Padres broadcast. Like Don Orsillo broadcasts every single Padres game, like it's game seven of the World Series. And when they're playing at Petco Park and you have like a big moment happen there, he adds so much to the fan experience by having electric calls. And to your point, I mean, it's been a while since the Mariners have been good. So, I mean, it's, you can only get so exciting or so excited for calls when like the team is 17 games back of first place. But the Mariners, in addition to having that big comeback against the Astros, they were knocking on the door of, of potentially a wild card spot at the time. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. And I, I was. And had you really paid attention much to the Mariners before that? Yeah. I mean, like, like I mean, I, said, I, mean, I watch TVs, but yeah, like I, I watch every game every night I'm up here watching every single game. Um, as far as like, you know, cause the way that my, my, TVs are set up. It's like there's one 75 inch TV and then there's eight 40 inch TVs that kind of wrap around it as a horseshoe. And the, the Mariners very rarely end up on the main screen that has the, the volume on it. But that night they were the last game. So they were on the big screen. So you got the full experience of the grand slam and the call to go with it. So it was awesome. Yeah, it was such an incredible moment. And for like, especially with you, because you're on the East Coast, right? Yes. Like, so it's two in the morning, and you're watching this game. Correct. I mean, I don't, I don't go to bed until every game is completed. Like right now, all the TVs are off except for I've got the Brewers and Pirates on the big one, and then I've got the Giants and D-backs on on the other one. That just it really sounds like an awful setup you got. It's, it's the best. And I'm going to start doing like Twitch streams. I think um, we've been talking to Twitch about doing like a Tuesday night stream because Tuesday nights, the it's, it's always a full slate of night games. So I think I'm going to just like stream watching all the games and then like have, you know, fan questions. And then we'll bring in like a rotating cast of guests during the night where it's like, 
if there's a big matchup, then we can get like a barstool blogger of that represents one of the teams, or we can get like a beat writer from one of the teams, or like a former player or something like that. So it'll be cool. Well, if you ever need a Mariners person, you know, <laughs> you guys are in. You guys are in. So, like, obviously, you know, baseball, all those TVs. What's some of the stuff you've noticed since the Dylan Moore thing a week ago with kind of paying a little bit more attention to the Mariners? What jumps out to you? Um, immediately trading your closer, uh, <laughs> promptly trading your closer after the most inspiring win of the season when you finally have, you know, some some morale going in the clubhouse and you know the Mariners play players feeling like we've got a shot at this thing if we get hot I mean they were hot um you know a guy like Kendall Graveman uh his interview that he gave after the trade was heartbreaking I mean like this guy very clearly did not expect to get traded, did not want to get traded. Obviously, he was thankful for the opportunity to immediately jump to a first-place team like the Astros. But I think he was one of those guys that uh, the players in that toward, and he believed that the Mariners were kind of building some momentum to, to do something special this year, whether it be actually making the playoffs for the first time since 2001 or – um, at least giving fans a team worth watching in September, which like, I don't even know the last time like that's happened like 2014, maybe. Um, so yeah, I mean like it's, you can kind of get that sense, but it's been cool. I mean like Kyle Seeger is, is really fun to watch in terms of like that dude's like popping bombs all the time. Um, I love JP Crawford. Um, yeah, I mean like there's, it's an exciting team because they don't have like, obviously like when Kelnick came up, everyone was super excited about that, but he hasn't performed to the hype that surrounded him during the time of the call that you can't tune into a Mariners game and find something worth watching or worth sticking around for. And when you're talking about Graveman, like he was the leader of kind of the misfit bullpen with cast offs and pickups and converted starters and, just yep. the timing with that, with having to trade Montero by that night because of the DFA rules or whatever they were. Yep. Just, it was really tough for them. Yeah. But and also, Taylor Trammell is my dude. I <laughs> So I met him when he was uh, a prospect with the Padres. And uh, when he got traded over to Seattle, I was pumped because I was like, I mean, you're, you're blocked at the big league at the big league level in, in San Diego. So you're going to get a shot here in Seattle. Like this is awesome. And um, during quarantine, I don't know if you guys probably weren't paying attention back then, but during quarantine um, there were obviously no games. So Barstool was like, all right, get creative and try and make content. And I was like, okay, cool. So series, I think I did like 50 different games of rock, paper, scissors versus uh, big leaguers. And every single one had a different wager. And uh, Taylor Trammell did one of them. I, I was terrible. I think I lost like 30 games in a row. Um, <laughs> but I beat him. So he owes me his wager at some point. Um, but it's been cool to see him. I know he's uh, – is he on the injured list right now? No, I think they've put him at AAA for a while to try and cut down on that strikeout issue. Okay. Yeah. Cause he, uh, when he first came up and he was hitting homers, like that was great. And then shed long, like that, first of all, one of the best names in, in major league baseball and just has all the drip game going for him. So it's like this team may not have studs and stars, but they have some dudes on this club that if you're watching them on a nightly basis, it's hard not to, to gravitate towards them. And, with Tramel, like this turns into more of a baseball question. He's too young to worry about him being a quad A guy, right? Because he's still only 23 years old. Yeah. Um, I know that it was it was a weird situation in San Diego because, um, you know, he was definitely at an age where it was like <clears throat> back then, if you are uh, if you're not called up by now, then you're kind of you're kind of like questioning whether or not it's it's going to happen for you at the big league level but but now i think it's more about fine you mentioned the strikeouts um 
I think that he's going to be a guy that that figures it out and he'll be just fine. I think he's super talented. I think he just needs consistent playing time. And uh, I think he turns 24 soon. So, I mean, he's still he's still like not touched his his prime years. So, I mean, he's got like 50 games at the big league level. Like I, I I'm pretty confident that he'll figure it out once he gets some consistent playing time at the big leagues. And with the Mariners, he'll probably get it with injuries and not a lot of talent out there, especially with talking <laughs> yeah. about Fred Long. Like, he just went on the injured list today. So, there's another yeah. opening. Yep. So, I guess you talked about J.P. Crawford. What about on the mound? If you're turning into one of those, taking the 40-inch onto the 75 for the Mariners, who's the pitcher you want to see on the mound watching the Mariners? Oh, man. Um I feel like Flexen doesn't get enough love. Um, I mean, Kikuchi was Kikuchi an all-star? He was an all-star this year, right? Yeah, he was the all-star who wasn't because he withdrew because of the COVID worry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's one guy, um, I mean, I guess it's Flexen just because he's a pitcher. Like, he's not, uh, he's not out there mowing everyone down. He just finds a way to get outs. Um, I mean, like the, the strikeout numbers are incredibly underwhelming, but I can always respect a guy that, that finds a way and for, for whatever reason he finds a way. Yeah. I think it was out of the like top 30, some qualifiers, he's bottom three in strikeout rate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not pretty. Um, he's not blowing guys away, but I mean, the dude gets outs. And, uh, you know, and even still like there's like, you would think that there would be more traffic for a guy like that, but there really isn't. I mean, like the whip is, um, you know, that he gives up some hits here and there, but I mean, he keeps the ball in the yard. Like he may give up some hits here and there, but dudes are just not taking him deep. No, he's, he's old school where it's, you know, I'm going to get, you know, four strikeouts. I'll throw seven innings and, give up a couple of runs and that'll be it. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I respect the hell out of that, you know, especially now when you've got guys that are trained to, to see and square up a hundred miles an hour and they do it on a nightly basis. Like you're not special anymore. If you throw a hundred miles an hour um, and he goes out there and gets outs without having strikeout stuff. And I mean, it, as long as he's limiting hard contact, which there's an art to that that I feel like is kind of lost. Yeah. He's doing a good job with it with 5.7 Ks per nine. Like that's such an insanely low number. Yeah. It's, it's not high, but I mean like what's his whip. It's gotta be like around one, a little bit around one. It's one, two, five. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at that and be like, I'll take that all day out of one of my starters. Yeah. I mean, Mariners fan, especially with Crawford in the infield, like you love a guy who just lets the ball get put in play. And yeah, not a, not a ton. I mean, yeah, that's. I, I want to say I'm looking at it right now, and he has allowed 0.8 home runs per nine innings. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take that all day, especially now when like that's all guys are trying to do is hit homers. And he's done a really good job. I mean, like, look at the hits per nine. Hits per nine is 9.4, which is, I'm, I'm assuming, is above league average. And he's limiting the hard contact. So, yeah, that would be my guy. Yeah, I sure like watching him, especially with, like you mentioned, like everybody wants to be Adam Dunn and Jim Tomey now and just hit bombs or walk. Yep. Or, or strikeouts. And they don't care about the strikeouts. Yep. Well, I'm fine watching Flex and Paint. And- Make guys look silly on the mound. It's another guy in a long line of crafty Mariners pitchers, so it's all good there. You guys have arms in your system. Like, is there someone that's that's close that you're excited about seeing at some point? So the Mariners actually just had the cover of Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, one of those two, with Emerson Hancock and George Kirby. Uh, depending on where you look, uh, I think Hancock's 22 on MLB.com and Kirby's 10th or 14th on Baseball America for prospect rankings. And they're both supposed to be up next season. 
There you go. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a fun rotation to watch with Gilbert, Hancock, and Kirby by the end of next year, hopefully. When do you guys think is the target year for the Mariners to make a legitimate run at, at a World Series title? A w- World Series title is probably 2024 because then you're getting a couple years under the belt of those guys and you're getting like Noelle Marte up, Julio Rodriguez up, Kelnick's got some time because then you're looking at a bunch of young stud guys who are 25 or under. Right. I mean, you're talking about Julio, like they think he could hit 285 with 40 some home runs. So throw that guy in the outfield next to Kelnick who could go 320 20. It's kind of a nice one two punch. I don't hate that either. One guy we haven't mentioned at all, Mitch Haniger, having a nice year, 814 OPS, slugging almost 500. Like that dude, we almost, we almost interviewed him in uh, 2019 spring training. I forget what happened. It fell through for some reason, but yeah, at some point, I think we're we're gonna try and circle back to get Haniger on the podcast. Yeah, Haniger's an awesome dude. And like the season he's having to be on pace for forty home runs after missing a ton of time the last two years. That's huge for a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, he might end up with like thirty-five doubles, forty bombs, driving a hundred plus going to be the the MVP of the Mariners when they make it to the wild card game. Yeah. I'm rooting for it. I think I think we all are. Yeah. All right, so is there anything else you want to talk to Mariners before we let you go for the night? I mean, just keep up what you're doing. Um I love when, you know, regional guys are are focusing on their team and and getting folks excited about ball and any time that especially a team like the Mariners, because I'm always paying attention. Like I'll tweet, I'll tweet out highlights from every single team and get a feel for which fan bases are the most interactive. And the Mariners are always super engaged. And I mean, obviously you guys are on the West coast. So it's like, like I'm up late and I'm trying to, you know, if I'm tweeting out highlights, I'm just like, Hey, is anyone actually awake and like paying attention to any of this? And uh, Mariners fans are always they're always up. They're always watching their team, and, and I respect that so much. Well, all we have to do out here is drink beer and watch baseball. So <laughs> I love it. I actually I've never been. That's that's on my bucket list. I think uh, I think if if the Mariners are still in it come September, I'm gonna try and make a trip out there. Well, that would be awesome. So I'm sure you'd have plenty of people out there that want to see you while you're out there. So that'd be pretty sweet. Hell yeah, I'll keep you guys posted. Awesome. Thanks, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Anytime. We'll do it again soon. All right. Have a good one. All right. Later, guys. All right. So we're back. And hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, That TV wall. Jealous. A 75 and eight forties. That's insane. Yeah, I got to. Don't have that. Like, pretty much anybody, look at your TV, make it bigger, pretty much anybody. <laughs> Alex is sitting there with an 82 in his living room. Still well, can't see it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then, four 40-inch TVs on each side. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's so incredible. I'm so jealous of that guy. <laughs> well, when your life is... Talking sports, you got to watch a lot of sports. And yeah, what's your job to watch baseball and talk about it? Oh, so okay, okay. What like what do you do at night? I put all the baseball on and watch it all. <laughs> so nine TVs. That means you have games on every single one if they're going at the same time. Because there can well no not every single one because there could be sixteen games. But I doubt they're ever. So you're pretty much watching every game all the time, and you could have like MLB Network on. Needs more TVs just in case every game's on. Right. <laughs> you should have said that. <laughs> you, uh, you need to upgrade that. You need to get 16 just in case. Uh, that would have been funny. I got, yeah, I got nine TVs. You only have nine TVs? Only nine? <laughs> Rookie. But if you want to watch every game, you need like seven more. What? Why not? <laughs> Isn't your Powerball high enough already? Just go for it. <laughs> 
Maybe he's working his way there. It could be. I don't know. Just that was awesome. But it's nice knowing that there's people out there like that who are leaning into the Mariners more and wanting to be more involved in the Mariners. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's cool when Joe the Plumber or whatever it was that they used to talk about at the election. That was funny. (laughs) Um, Like when that guy becomes a Mariners fan. Because really it's just a person. But when it's an influential guy like that, that brings in more Mariners fans. Yeah. Someone that watches Boston, big Boston fans, like, oh, I like the Mariners now. It's like, yeah. Welcome to the club. And that's the other thing is, I think it's even bigger that he is a Boston guy because that's a major sports town and it's an East Coast town. So it's like, well, we can have an East Coast team and a West Coast team. Yeah, and American League. They're both American League. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's in the American League, so he's not like, oh, I'm going to pick a National League team to go for. Yeah. And maybe they'll even feel bad for us. Remember those guys? They gave us Veritech for nothing. For nothing. (laughs) Oh, well. I don't want to get sad. We, had, we still had Wilson for a long time. I said we wouldn't have had Wilson, so. Yeah. But, you know, we could have got something. Something, isn't it? You know who would have got something good for him? DePoto. Because he's actually good at making trades. Regardless of what all you idiots think. Yeah. And Sorry if I offended you. I didn't mean to. Liar. Don't. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. So, like, we talked about it a little bit last week, right? Because we recorded on Tuesday. Yeah, because the trade had just happened. Yep. So, comes out that like Montero has to be traded because he gets DFA'd and taken off to 40, and then it's harder to trade him because it gets funky and. Yeah, I don't know. Some weird stuff like that. Um, or no, he would get DFA'd so they could lose his, their rights to him if someone picks him up on the waivers. Yeah, which they probably would have. Yeah. So that's why they had to do it then. That's why the timing was weird. But still, even after thinking about it, like I tried to make the argument last week about how I was even fine. Just that trade, I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. And still even thought the Mariners won. That they didn't lose. Yeah, they, they probably did win the trade. Yeah. It's just the time in the trade. Yeah, but finding out that you couldn't do anything about it. Like, yeah, the timing to the division-leading team while they're in your own stadium and not telling your team until Toro walks out in Mariner's gear. Not a good look. Yeah, I just, I'd just i say they need to explain it a lot better to the players, a little bit of communication. I figured they would do a lot better at that after uh, the beginning of the year. Right? With the Mather being a jackwad stuff? It's like, come on. Come on. <sighs> but real quick, did you see the other big Mariner's news? The Mariners now have the highest-ranking woman in all of baseball. Yeah, yeah. Because Katie Griggs, yeah, Katie Griggs, I think, is she's the new president of baseball operations for the Mariners. So, young woman running the Mariners, and seems like she like really knows what she's doing. And I don't want that to sound sexist at all. It's not what I mean. It's just she's young. And hiring, That's what I'm talking and actually about. hiring someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, and not that the Mariners wouldn't hire a 65-year-old white guy. Who just cares about the money? Yeah. <laughs> They're hiring somebody young, um, like passionate, wants the team to be good, wants to improve everything. It's a nice change. <laughs> yes. And then, well, oh yeah, we broke the news of the second trade. Yeah, we broke, we broke it. Yeah, we broke it. We broke it. We broke it. With the Tyler Anderson, and he had a nice outing. Yep, he's a crafty lefty. Yeah. I don't think the Mariners have ever had one of those. I don't. I don't know. I think it's the first. Yeah, I, you definitely won't find anything if you type in like "crafty lefty Mariners" commercial. No, there's definitely not one of those. Nothing. nothing. Just tap the picture on the wall as you walk out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I wish I could have been a lefty just to have. Some. I'm a little more sold on him after watching this first game. You're welcome. I told you it was going to be good. I think it'll be okay. Good enough. He's good enough. He'll get you through the innings. He's really good at going five. Those things. I think they said one time he hasn't gone five innings this year. But he never goes like more than six. Isn't that what it was? It was something odd like that. Like he just pretty much throws five innings. Five, six innings. Yeah. 
because I was talking to somebody on Twitter. Like, for people worried about Tyler Anderson, it's like he's he goes five innings every time. Let's see here. Um, so he's gone 6.2, 8.0, 6.2, and 7.0. So four of 19 starts, he's gone over six innings. Zero of 19 starts, he's gone under five innings. Oh, he hasn't gone. I thought they said one. No. Maybe they said he hasn't gone under once. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And he's still, he's pretty consistent. So he went five and gave up four. He went five and gave up nine, which was probably just in, oh, it was a blowout. That's what it was, 20 to one. (laughs) Um, He went six and gave up six. Those are the three times this year he's given up more than three runs in a game. And that's pretty good because his ERA is at right at four. Uh, Four, four. Four, four. Which, if you go three, or you go five and give up three, that's a 5.4. But he's normally going, you're giving up less than that. Like, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten starts, he's given up two or less. So half the time, he's going five and giving up two or less. That's a pretty good game. That's pretty good. I think that's a 3.6 ERA. To go five and give up two. Yeah, yeah, it is. Divide two by five, you get point four. Multiply by nine, you get three point six. Yeah, exactly. Easy math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't even talk about the other person in the trade. In the Tyler Anderson trade? No, the oh. Gra- Graveman. Oh, uh, with the Mariners guy? Yeah, Joe Smith. Well, we talked about him last time. Well, not how he's doing though. Yeah. That he's faced eight batters and has nine outs. <laughs> yeah. So he gets guys out at 111%. That's what you want. You want to gotta give it over 100%. Yeah. You got to give it 110%. Which, that bugs me so much. It's the dumbest thing. It's like 100% is the maximum of something. No, you give it extra. That means you weren't giving it all before. No, you go over. Extra credit. <laughs> Sure. I know. Right. I hate that too. I, yeah. I always make jokes about it. Um, did we talk about the other guy in the Anderson trade last time? Or do we have his name yet? I don't even know if they released it. Joaquin Tejada? I don't think so. He was a 2019 international signing. Still a decent prospect, it looked like. Um, but I think he's 19 now. So he's years and years away. Yeah, and they got lots of young guys right now. Well, what was <laughs> the two that just got added to the 30 top 30 prospects or 17 year olds yeah uh, baby Devers and Starlin Aguilar yep. and then I don't remember the other guy's name I just remember Aguilar because he's baby Devers Gabriel Gonzalez nice to have guys like that pop under the Mariners top 30 which means in the average farm system they're 45th right or no no the other way other way around on it'd the be, average farm system they'd teens. be like 18th yeah is impressive. Yeah, they, they jumped up because uh, the trade yeah. sent one away. And then Kellenic, uh, he got he got booted. He got booted off the, the 30 because he played too much. Yep. Which yeah. I guess is good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Except for drops your farm system rating now. Yeah, but everybody else goes through that too. <laughs> All right. But it's going to be jumping a bunch because the Mariners are going to have four guys in the top 15 next year. Like they already do in Baseball America. Uh, I think they're going to have more than four. Oh, no, I guess they only have three, right? I'm thinking Brandon Williams gets... He's not going to go that high. He's going to get a good jump. He'll be in the... He might be in the... He'll be in the top 100 because he's a lefty. 6'6 six, six lefty. Yeah. So that third trade that made some of the prospect rankings change was... And it should make you feel way better about the bullpen because... Yeah, it really sucks that Austin Shenton got traded. Like, he has the, the potential to be a special bat, but part of that is that he's from Whatcom County, so, like, we have that attachment to him. Yeah, and he's been on the show. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the pod. Yes. So they send out him and JT Chargois for Dale Castillo. So you look at Castillo... Super reliable, very consistent. I know, the other, whatever. <laughs> yeah. First game with a new team. 
Whatever. It's end game. Jonah Heim, the guy hits 50% of his home runs against your team. Come on. It's, it's, it's likely to happen. So you get him, who you have team control on through 2024. You have team control through 2024. He's a proven closer. Yes. It's like he it. did it in the ALCS and made guys look silly. If you want to, so we've talked about him a little bit before. Pitching Ninja, uh, Rob Friedman on Twitter. He does pitch overlays and things like that. You can go look up Castillo's like four seam that two seam sinker pitch and then the slider. It's dirty. Like if you're worried that Graveman's turbo sinker left, don't worry, we got one a guy who throws one harder now. Because Castillo touches like ninety nine hundred. Okay. I think in the game I saw he was on like ninety seven, but Yeah. So yeah, he's right up there too. Yeah. So, when you look at all three trades, so we get Abraham Toro, tons of control, potential second base utility guy of the future. Smith, one of the most consistent relievers of all time. A fourth or fifth starter in Tyler Anderson. And a closer for the next three and a half years. For a guy they were going to DFA in Montero. A free agent in Graveman. Who you can still bring back. Ding, ding, ding. Could you have money? Yes, lots of it. Lots of it. Carter Benz, who's your fifth or sixth catcher in the system? Something like that? Yeah, someone who likely would never see. Yeah. And then Joaquin Tejada, super far down the line. Even if he's good, he's not going to be in the bigs for like at least five years. Yeah. And then Shetton and Chargois. The Mariners had a good trade deadline. Yeah. I feel like they needed something more, but with how with how much everyone was given up for the good right. guys, it's like, nah, nah, I don't want you to do that. And for anybody who's on Twitter, I know you check it occasionally, but that was a day where you would read it and want to punch yourself in the head until you weren't awake anymore because of how dumb people were on the internet. Yes. Like, there ah. was... There was the, why isn't DePoto trading for some of these guys? Everybody else is getting better. We need to get better. But at the same time, we shouldn't trade any of our top prospects. And look at how much everybody costs. Why don't we trade Hanager and Seeger? Um, those three things don't go together yes. at all. You can't go get Whit Merrifield or somebody like that when you see that you have to give up multiple top 100s and then be mad that the team's not getting better because they're not selling their people to make the playoffs. This isn't MLB the show. You can't just trade like, oh, this guy's supposed to be good. He's got an A potential, but he's not good. And you can just trade him for anyone because he's supposed to be good. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, so what we would have done in the show is you trade, like, Jonathan Classe for Whit Merrifield straight up. Yeah. It's like, oh. Oh, you might throw in, like, some. Super young guy with plus, plus, potential plus speed, like Billy Hamilton speed for the old second baseman. He's down to, like, a B potential. Yeah. And the trade happens in yeah. the show. Oh, yeah. You probably don't need to go about Classe. You probably could throw in three B prospects yeah. and. <laughs> But you know what happens if you call the Royals GM and do that? Be like, here's our offer. We're, we're not going to add anything else. It's, it's class A for Merrifield. Click. <laughs> nah, we'll trade him next year. If we're going to trade him and get more. Yeah. Hold on. Just, you can't have all the things happen. Because like you said, it's not MLB the show. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And, do you remember what I said the Mariners' worst case scenario was at the beginning of the year? Yes. <laughs> exactly this. I said it on our podcast. I said it on the the A's podcast that I did the visitor spot on. Yep. That the Mariners are going to think they're in the wild card race. They're going to keep Heger, Hanniger and Seeger. They're going to at least they made a couple of small trades. They didn't they got rid of Shenton, but they got rid of one of their top 45 prospects, 40 prospects. 
I don't think Bins was in the top 40. Mm-hmm. I know he wasn't on Prospect Insider. I don't think so. So they got rid of one guy. The one guy didn't want him to. Whatever. Okay. Um, but they went and actually got. Yeah, they got better. They, they got, got a, Toro. They got Toro, who's old, older and yeah. more experienced. So. Same age? He's 24. Is he? Shenton okay. is. 22 or 23? Yeah. Is Toro 24? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at what Shenton is. Shenton is 23. And he was in double A? He just had gotten promoted. Okay. Not too long before that. Yeah. So they're, yeah, just over a year apart. December 20th, Toro will turn 25. And then a month later, Shenton will turn 24. So. Well, Mariners will probably end up trading back for Shenton when he's turned 26. <laughs> you were talking about that, yeah. They, they seem to do that a lot, players. What they say? It was like Depoto's fifteenth trade or something insane with Tampa since he's been in Seattle. Yeah, that's crazy. They trade a lot with Tampa, and they switch players with the Brewers a lot. That was just a Nottingham guy. <laughs> I felt bad for that guy. Back and forth. Uh, yeah. So we'll go with because we talked about like you wanted the Mariners to get somebody else. So we'll talk about that in a sec, like a wish list, dream trades, things like that. What grade would you give the Mariners for the trade deadline? Oh. Do you want to give them like the the B incomplete? Yeah, probably B incomplete. Yeah. I was thinking B, but I was like, I don't know, they didn't quite. Yeah, incomplete. And I've seen seen people go all the way up to A, and I, I can understand because... You got a reliever in Castillo, who you could argue is the same as Graveman, but with the three years of control. Because there is worries about Graveman with half a year, never done it before, some funky stats, things like that. Yeah, he, he was he was one of the most lucky pitchers. But I don't know if it's all luck or if it's just that uh, the Mariners' defense is good. Yeah. So it makes it look lucky. Yeah. Because there are lots of times listening to the Mariners game, it's a ball gets hit and, oh, he made the catch. Or he made the play. Or he saved a double. Well, even Toro in his first game, a nice dive or yeah. slide into the... Towards second like, or towards first? Towards first. Slide yeah. towards first. Yeah. On his knee, grabbed it through second. Like, oh, yeah, like an old Cano type play. Yeah, it's like, oh, that was, yeah. that was a good play. For a guy who's not supposed to be able to play second base. Yeah. And they have control over him through 2024 or 5? Yeah, it's like a few like years. Because yeah. he has three years worth of stats, but that doesn't mean he has three years worth of experience. No, he does not. He was no. very limited. Because yeah. apparently Houston has good infield? Well, <laughs> if they think that they can re-sign Correa, then they have a good infield. Well, he's been blocked, is what I was yeah. saying. Well, I yeah, I think it's because they don't expect Altuve or Bregman to leave, so he's blocked. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I spent the last few years that he's he doesn't have a lot of stats because he's been blocked. Oh, the last yeah. two years. Yeah, twenty five games, thirty three, and then thirty five this year before he traded. Yeah, so he has half a season, and he's twenty four. I mean, he's sitting 429. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. So he's sitting 429. So is he... Oh, but the Mariners is sitting 429? Yeah. Okay. So what is he... Uh, let's see. Da-da-da-da. Nine for 21? Yep. That's math for you. He was 500 before the today. Today. Oh, man. He only got a hit today? All right. Let's see. So he's... Oh, no. Is he 8 for 16? Or was he 9 for 18? I think 9 for 18, actually. Right, so yeah. 0 for 3 today? Yep. DFA. Get rid of him. He's a bum. Yeah. <laughs> so, Did you see the game today? I just was paying attention on my phone. It's just who came back? Fraley. Oh, yeah. And what do you do? You gotta walk? You gotta walk. So I'm looking at the box score. Because <laughs> I'm just watching on my, or like doing uh, game pad. <laughs> game day on my phone, I think that's what it's called. It's like, oh, Fraley's on. Alex is going to love this because I know it's a, yep, it's a walk. Yeah, came back, got two hits and walk. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I was talking with a buddy about this today. The Mariners lineup today. There, this is the first time I can remember in years, like more than a decade, where I don't see a single guy in that lineup I wanted to take out. No. I... Are you looking at the lineup right now? Yeah, I'm looking at the box store from today. So just go through the lineup and like, you're, you can say it and stop when you get to a guy. You're like, ah, if they had somebody else. Like, say it out loud so people can hear it instead of just reading. I was like, um, just Crawford, no, on him, on him, see, or a Hanniger, Seeger, France, Toro, Fraley, Torrens, but I... Who's been super hot since he came back. He's been pretty good, yeah, so I don't really want to get rid of him. Who's uh, also 25. Yeah, he's still young, too. Yeah. And then Kellenic and Raleigh. It's like the whole bottom of the order is all... Like rookies. Yeah. Even France. Yeah. These Great. guys have less than a full season's worth of play. Like, you get rid of, like, Crawford, Hanniger, and Seager are the veterans. Everyone else is basically a rookie. Or Yes. And that, the, yeah, they don't have a full season's worth of play pretty much. Yeah. I and we're okay with all, like, yeah, Kalanick's hitting 130 or whatever. But guess what? Since he got called back up, he's hitting 200-something. Yeah, it's it, it, it kind of hurts when you go like 0 for 48 or whatever. Yeah. Was. So. That was bad. But you take that out and he's doing good. Yeah, it's very true. So, I guess we can kind of finish with, we talked about we wanted the Mariners to do something else, but it was really expensive. That and, where would you put it? What position are you going to get? Oh, where would you put somebody? Yeah. I think it's that... You look for that second baseman, and you can give Kelnick the day off. You can give France the day of DH. You can give Hanniger a day off or whatever. You can you have you have that tenth guy you trust. Yeah, someone other than Moore, even though he had the grand slam. He's hitting one eighty five. He's not doing good. No. Long is not doing good. He's hurt now too. Yeah. So yeah, basically you kind of need a better bench guy. Yeah, it's. And it's, think of some of the fun Mariners teams with Bloomquist or Rich Amaral way back in the day or Mark McLemore. It's having the fun utility guy. It's like, oh, the starting second baseman's not playing today. Oh, but he's in. He's in. He's, he plays every game. Yeah. Just somewhere else every game. And it, it, It's okay to have five guys with 130 games instead of four guys with 160. Yes. Or uh, five guys with 112 games. Whatever. To let these guys sit, get the playing time in the different spots, all that stuff. Because you need the strong bench guys. Good teams have a good bench. Yeah. And really, especially with Toro, being young, you don't know where you're going to play him. Because here's what I wanted him to do. Let's go get Merrifield. Yeah, I just didn't want to give up anything for him. (laughs) And that was the thing. I really bet Seattle had the offer in to Pittsburgh for Adam Frazier, and they thought they were going to get him. Yes. And then they turned around and talked to Kansas City. Like, well, we see what Berrios in division went for, two top 100s, uh, 16 and 68, I think, on MLB.com at least. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, like they're top. Uh, number two and number four. Yeah. So you see that. And Berrios has a year and a half. Merrifield has two and a half years at a good contract number. Yeah. It's two for 20, 24 or something like that. I don't even know if it's that high. I think it's 20. I thought it was like two for... Maybe it was two for 20. Maybe it's 10, year, 10 million. 10 each. per, yeah. Maybe Which is still a really good number. For a guy who hits 280-something, might lead the league in stolen bases and still gets on at a decent rate and plays above average defense. At second base, your worst position. Yes. What was it like midway through July? The Mariners' second baseman were hitting 180 something on the season. As a whole, everybody who played second base through that spot was hitting in the 180s. You could instantly go out and get a guy who's going to hit 100 points higher. Yeah, I mean, you could go find a free agent who does that bad. There's a previous yeah. one that's available. Find lots of free agents. He's strange. Yeah. But. Oh, man. <laughs> he's, nice. He's fast. 
He's like the Flash. <laughs> yeah. Could have got him. He, I mean. It's true, you could have. If you're looking for a placement, Philip. Yeah. That's not who what I want. No, not at all. But with how much guys were going for, especially the rentals were going for fairly cheap. Even them, no. Well, okay, the rentals were going for about what you thought they'd go for. Yeah. You have to give up a little bit to get a rental. Yeah, if they're good. You have to give up enough where it's... Uh, enough to make it... Uh, if they put a qualifying offer, they can give them something yeah. equal to that. Yeah. But anybody else, it's like, holy cow, they got that much for that guy? It's like, no, I don't want to make any of these trades. Because they're always they're all going to go after the top prospects in your system. Yeah, doesn't matter what like the rank they're going to go after the top ones. And you talked about it a bunch. The Lindor trade with yeah. the Mets. Yeah, it was yeah. Carrasco was a part of his salary, all that. But they got six and ten or whatever it was. Six and ten in the Mets system is like twenty two and twenty six in the Mariners system. Because Kaden Polkovich would probably be a top seven guy in the Mets system. Probably. Yeah, their system is not good. We took their best guy. Yes. And then, <laughs> like, their number four guy in Dunn. Yeah. If, if Dunn doesn't make it as a starter, I'm going to tell you now, he's going to be a dominant bullpen guy. Do you think he'll be up to, like, 97, 98? No, I'm just thinking, like, 98, 99. Like, he's going to be pushing it? Yep. Yes, if he if he switches yeah. straight to the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. That's my prediction. So was there a person you wanted them to go out and try and get during the trade deadline? Uh, I wanted a more top starter. So like a Barrios type guy? No, more rental, like a gray, but apparently Colorado didn't want to trade any of their guys. Colorado's dumb. Colorado's dumber than Twitter Mariners fans. I was like, they didn't trade either of their guys. And they're both going to... Well, the gray one was weird. Like, he might want to stay there. Who cares? Sign again afterwards. You're not going to sign a contract right now. Because... So, say you're you're on a team. You've really liked playing for them, but they're not that good. They come to you at the deadline. Hey, we know you want to re-sign here. We want you back. We're going to trade you and make the team better and then bring you back. Didn't... We're going to pay the rent on wherever you're living while you're gone. You can come back to the same place and not have to worry about it. All that stuff. Did Chapman do that? Didn't the Yankees trade him to like Chicago and then he re-signed there in the, fall, the same year? No, I don't think so. Um, some people have done that in the past. I, I know some people have. I thought Chapman was like the big one. Oh, maybe you are right. I thought the Yankees traded him and then got a bunch for him, and then he went right back to him in the offseason. But I could be wrong. Was 2016 when the Cubs won the World Series? Has it been that long? Yeah, I think so. Chapman was on the Cubs, right? Yeah, because he gave up the home run to the Indians in that game, right? I don't remember that. So he went from the Yankees to the Cubs and then signed with the Yankees? Would that be right? I guess I can scroll down further and see. It should tell me. Baseball reference is nice like that, that it will tell you down at the bottom if I can. Yeah, he was traded 16 to the Cubs. Yeah. And then re-signed with the Yankees and it's been there since. <laughs> hmm. And that's how, you, that's how you get prospects and get your guy back. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to trade you. We'll see you in the offseason to sign you again. They could have done it. But they're dumb. They won't. Like, Story. Story's so mad he's not playing. Like, why Why keep him? So you can get a end of the first round pick? You I'm could not- have gotten the same return that the Twins got for Barrios, but on a rental. Yeah, pretty close to probably. Maybe a little less. But still, this guy is going to leave. You can have somebody who might help you in five years or two guys who will help you next year. So they probably could have got like a Chris, well, better than Chris Bryant got. Yeah. 
Better than Baez got. And Rizzo. Yeah. And all the other Cubs guys. <laughs> yes. Because you could have sent him to... Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who's not in their division who needed a short. You could have sent him to the Mets. And got a way better return than the got for Baez. Yeah. You could have sent him to the Yankees <laughs> and gotten Clark Schmidt, that number 30 pitching prospect or whatever, and another guy. It would have been fun to see him go to the Mets and put, and put him at third base. It would be a stacked infield. Oh, Baez and <laughs> Lindor and Story. <laughs> oh, and then Baez and Story both leave. And then Lindor retires. <laughs> <laughs> leaves uh, $300 million on the table. You know who else is retiring? We are, just for this podcast, though. Because it's about the end of the episode. We've been here long enough. But there is one more thing I want to say. I want to say thank you to Overflow Taps for, for, for providing the beer for this podcast. It is a wonderful IPA, uh, six degrees of collaboration, Northwest, Matchless, and Sig, a seven percenter. So it's like, yeah, just kind of getting the crowler, you know, 32 ounces. But when it's a seven percenter, it's good, it's a good, it's good math. It's a nice way to spend the night. Is it seven or 7.1? Seven percent, seven dot slash dot. Is that what yours looks like? Seven <laughs> percent. Mine's really hard to read. 7%. <laughs> looks like seventy-one. Yeah. <laughs> so head to Overflow, uh, check out their monthly hops club. They bring you different beers every month, focused around the hops that are put into them. Uh, different kinds, lots of different hoppy styles. Not just IPAs, but they'll have those as well as DIPAs, pale ales, and other. Other hoppy beers they can find. They want to get you some great tasting beer, so check it out. Uh, it's only 18 bucks a month, and you get a 16-ounce four-pack. You get a four-pack of 16-ounce beers. That probably sounds better. Because a 16-ounce four-pack could be four four-ounce beers. <laughs> True. Uh, beer comes anytime throughout the month. They will let you know once it's there so it is fresh, and it starts the month after you join. So make sure to head to Overflow. Check out their wonderful hops club and get some great beer while you're at it. I agree. All right, there we go. That's all I wanted. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Head to Anchor. Check out Mariners Mojo, the heartbeat of baseball. Uh, if you want to support us, there's some options on there to do it. Who knows? Maybe you're like, hey, these guys are pretty cool or pretty dumb, whatever, and I want to chat with them or yell at them. Come argue. Yeah, either one is fun. We like arguing. Like with all the Mariners fans who are being awful people or just really dumb on Twitter. There's a lot of you out there. Yes, I am talking to you. So go on there. Support us. Come on the show and be like, you know what? This is why you're wrong. Tell me why. And I'll tell you why you're wrong. The Mariners should have traded Kirby and Hancock for Barrios. And then I will punch you through the microphone. (laughs) I will throat chop you. Oh, man. Or you can just, you know, type in Mariner's Mojo Podcast. It'll pop up on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, all the good stuff. It's everywhere. Everywhere. So check it out. Mariner's Mojo, the heartbeat of baseball.